So my first deal was actually my parents. I mean, uh, six months into I'm like, man, this is not going to work. Item. Well, for me, just the momentum was competing against myself, right? Can you talk about the car collection real quick? What are you collecting? Well, uh, so I uh, don't really like to put this out there, but it, I do have an other realtor do that with me. I do that with other realtors, right? Welcome back to Seeking Success Podcast, powered by Stockpick. This is the number one podcast in the world where we have a variety of different guests covering general topics around success to make you more successful. Today, we have a very, very famous real estate agent. We're talking top 10 REMAX agent. Radice is going to the intro. I'm your host, Umar Khan, alongside Radice Rajakulam. Let's go into it. Yeah, so today we have Sai. Sai, say what's up, man? What's going on, everybody? Yeah, so we have Sai, also known as Sai on Instagram. So for context, guys, this guy is the seven times number one top producer from 2015 to 2021. He is ranked 11th in the world for Remax, which world. is insane. Uh, he's Great. also a two times top 30 under 30 for Remax. Again, insane. And in 2021, he was the top, he was fourth uh, in Canada Fourth. at Remax, which is just insane. What insane. like those are just insane accomplishments, man. So big hats off to you. Um, and I think one thing that uh, I guess I recently learned was, which is something that Umar and I kind of share as well, is you started getting your real estate license when you were seventeen. Yeah. Talk to us about that process, man. Yeah, yeah, man. No, dad just points out a sign one day and says, uh, "Hey, look, you should go get your real estate license." Hey, or hey, look, you can get your license in thirty days or uh, ninety days, right? You, you, everybody used to get those ads or used to see them all the time. So I'm like, "Yeah, let me give it a shot as well." I'm still young. I'm just about to go to university, and I, I think it'd be pretty cool to just have my real estate license as well. Uh, and and in our uh, community, you know, we have a few celebrity agents as well, like a bunch of you guys know, and just seeing that stuff was always just kind of cool. We're like, you know what, let me just give it a go too and see where it goes, right? Um, yeah. That's kind of how uh, that's, uh, that got kickstarted at least. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So like, how did that journey go? Because obviously you started to get licensed at 17 and like, I know this as well, like I had to have my mom sign forms so I could actually like sign up. And so you oh. went through it. Uh, I know you also went to post-secondary. How did the career really start? And at what point did it like, were you like, okay, yeah, like I'm focusing on real estate. Okay. So the license process, it took me a while. I mean, I didn't completely focus on, obviously they say 90 days, but I just took a lot longer. Uh, I started Ryerson at the time. So I'm just like, okay, let me focus on school first and just do this real estate gig on the side. It was just kind of just there. Um, but I fully got licensed as soon as I turned 20. Uh, but I was okay. still going through the courses and stuff like that. Our brokerage also was teaching the courses separately. So instead of you going to the actual ARIA classes, uh, we did something called correspondence where you go and uh, select a date for the exam and just kind of go and do it. But our brokerage would offer um, offer these classes. So I would go to those. Uh, okay. But I would just kind of do it on my own pace. And, um, you know, I was doing a few other things at the same time. So it wasn't a uh, priority at the time. But uh, once I got licensed, yeah, 20 years old, that's uh, where it kind of got kickstarted. Okay, sweet. And then um, we, we heard that your first, or maybe you could talk about your first deal and then uh yeah so my first deal was actually my parents i mean six months into i'm like man this is not gonna work i met my parents <laughs> went through a situation they had to sell their home so i'm like okay you know that was my first kind of opportunity i guess just to kind of get in the door i guess um yeah sold that for them and then uh, another six i get another lead as well i uh, took an okay. overpriced listing because I'm, I'm like desperate for a listing let me go give it a go and <laughs> Uh, and that's one thing I learned. I'm glad I went through that lesson as well, because I took an overpriced listing and, uh, and I told them what it was actually worth. 
And they uh, and once I got replaced, they actually sold the the listing for the price I told them it would sell for. And oh, I'm like, man, you know what a waste of time. And then you kind of learn yeah. these things when you're young, right? Like I was very young at the yeah. time, and uh, I remember when they were interviewing me, they're like, "So how many homes did you sell?" I'm like, "One." They're like, <laughs> "What?" Every agent we interviewed has like a hundred a uh, hundred sales or whatever, and I'm like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I work hard and I sold this home in a day over asking and, uh, you know, you should still give me a shot. And uh, they just wouldn't listen to my advice because I was still a kid. But one thing I learned is you just have to be the uh, the expert in the industry. Right? If they if the client, client doesn't listen to you, then, uh, you know, sometimes it's just not worth taking overpriced listings. We turn down listings all the time now. Um, yeah. And then they'll usually come back to us after and say, OK, yeah, this agent couldn't do it. They took on the listing. You were right from the start. Let's go, right? Uh, so that was that. And then I had a little office deal that uh, we completed, which was my first commercial deal. And then my third deal, I believe it was uh, it was a large land sale. Um, yeah, that's wow. kind of how we got started. Just working hard, I guess. And aside, these were all just back to back or was it like a significant amount okay, of gap so, in between? Yeah, like maybe about a month after that's when I lost that one listing. Uh, and then- yeah. I was kind of starting to lose hope because, you know, like I'm still on OSAP in school and uh, yeah. real estate isn't cheap to have too, right? You got monthly yeah, fees coming yeah. in licensing and, and stuff. Yeah. license fees, insurance fees. Like it's, it's brutal, especially when you're a kid and then um, oh, yeah. <laughs> got school to pay for as well. Right. Um, so it just starts all adding up and life hits you as well. And um, I had this one credit card job at the same time. I also had a little necklace business on the side, which was doing very well for me. So at least that was kind of, good for me to kind of fund everything. Um, oh. But yeah, no, I uh, got lucky with uh, some opportunities in school. I kind of watched million dollar listings and so let me give it one last go. Started watching some YouTube videos and that okay. boosted my confidence up. And I said, okay, you know what? I'm actually ready to take on larger listings. If it ever comes my way, I'm ready for this opportunity, right? So when those opportunities hit, uh, then I was just capable of taking them. And that's why one of my largest sales, it was a listing that couldn't sell in three years by some top uh, commercial brokers. Uh, I took over and I knew what it took to work hard just by watching these YouTube videos or shows, just kind of getting that courage to speak or the way to speak or sell. And yeah. uh, I just worked out, you know, I just worked my ass off when I was in class. I was just sending out emails or uh, finding out which agents to call, or I would go on LinkedIn and start messaging everybody, you know, about this one piece of land. Cause I'm like, the commission is huge, right? Uh, if yeah, I sell yeah. it's, I mean, I've got nothing to lose. Uh, yeah, so yeah. just talk to the whole world. And, uh, uh, you know, after four days, I believe I brought in an offer, uh, wow. that deal fell through cause commercial deals take a while after 30 days, deal fell through, sold it again in two days, deal right. fell through. And then finally the third time I got third time around it sold a $7.3 million deal, man. It was, it was wow. yeah. Holy and so, God. so, so time out, you were 20 when you sold that, right? Uh, yeah. 20, 21, I believe, I believe I was 21 actually 21 so, when I sold it and yeah, it was around 21. So what's the commission on that? Uh, it's six figures, six figures. Time out, time out, time out, time out, bro. So <laughs> you, you're 21 years old. You're more or less in somewhere between second and third year university. You get a six-figure paycheck. Sure, yeah. you might have to pay some of that to taxes. Um, yeah. But you, because from what I, in my research, I, I realized that you completed your schooling anyways. Like, how were you motivated to continue going to school? Because um, even like me, I remember the first time I, I made some money on YouTube. I'm like, okay, this is just one month. I got lucky. Month two, I'm like, okay, I got lucky. Yeah. Yeah. By month three and four, I had to leave my nine to five. So I'm like, I'm making way more money doing this than working the nine to five. Like, 
but you didn't have that moment because you actually followed through. So what was the yeah. thought process behind that? No, same thing as well. You know, I thought, I mean, that that was like a one-time break, but I also knew my hard work paid off and it worked. And then my clients were seeing that too. So I had a few other opportunities. There was another uh, luxury home that I had an opportunity to sell uh, and a top agent in that South Hill, Forest Hill, Castle Loma area couldn't sell it in like six okay. months. We took over and I said, look, we'll, we'll do it in 30 days. And then they wow. all took us like a joke. They're like, this kid's not going to sell it. The agent's like, who's this guy you know like why would you give a listen <laughs> yeah. to this guy it's like don't worry it's it's my mm -hmm. uh my son's friend from school uh, whatever you know i just decided to give him a shot and i remember on the fifth or fifth day um they were saying well Sai, look your time's running up it's almost a week now uh are you really gonna sell in 30 days i'm like no we're getting showings every day aren't we and like yeah and then on the sixth day, uh, we bring in our own offer. Our own buyer comes through the doors. We show the place. And uh, that was, I think, at that time, a $2.5 million deal. It was a modern home in Castle Loma. It was a Whoa. tough sell as well. It was, it was like a glass home. And the community just didn't kind of vibe with the home. And uh, they they didn't like it. So it gave us uh, some negative publicity for the listing, at least. So it made our jobs tough. But same thing, you know, we were pounding the phones, sending out emails, calling everybody we could, go on LinkedIn yet again and just send it to the whole world. Uh, and it worked, right? Just just hard work will always pay off and consistency, right? We always try to outwork our, uh, like I would just outwork anybody else, right? And one thing I noticed in real estate, people just kind of take a listing and they just sit on it and put it on the MLS and call it a day. Uh, we're mm -hmm. still going full fledged, right? We're still very consistent. Same thing with school, you know, uh, I'm just like, well, I started this. I've got to stay consistent. Let me see if I can complete this task. Completed yeah. it. You know, school is mainly like a, it's a test to see, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but if you join an employer, it's a degree is kind of telling your employer, okay, this guy started, he actually finished in four years. He started something, yeah. he spent this four years. There was a series of tasks. This guy actually completed these tasks. He stayed with it. He stuck with it. Okay, this guy's going to stick with me as well. Right. Yes, so, yes. so you're kind of building that for your employer. For me, it was just for myself where it's like, okay, let me use this as a tool. Uh, let me prove to myself I can finish it because every time someone makes a lot of money, uh, all, every time I, I always hear someone say, I dropped out. I'm a proud dropout. Or you'll see it on the <laughs> license plate. I'm a dropout. I'm like, man, no, I want to, I want to be something else. I want to see yeah. if I could do what they did and also complete school at the same time. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so, the new flex. Yeah, exactly. So that gives you a little bit more credibility. I've met a lot of cool people because of Ryerson as well, or the school yeah. I went to. And um, and whatever I wanted to learn, I would kind of retain because I did learn a lot in school. Whatever I didn't want to learn, I just didn't care to learn. But some of those lessons I learned and I decided to retain still uh, go a long way today. Awesome. Now, Sai, I want to say, because, bro, honestly, even though you speak, it sounds just so intelligent, right? And then yeah. again, I remember hearing the podcast that you said, like, even when you're in university, even when you're just studying a real estate license, your textbooks didn't even get to leave their covers. Uh, um, like, how'd, how'd you make it to the union? Actually, like, you yeah. actually gifted, bro. Like, what, like you cheated, bro. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> of secrets. Bro. Yo, Tamil men don't cheat, bro. Relax. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, man. Yeah. Books were just never my thing. I was always a believer, I guess, working smart. I guess it was just kind of instincts as well. Even when I was a kid, um, like my mom would always try to get me to study or she would send me to like, they would send me to tutoring classes and I would yeah. use that as a tool, right? So I wouldn't actually learn. Like I'd be like, man, I don't want to learn these questions. And I would go to the tutor and be like, can you do this question? And then I'd go <laughs> back and can you do this question? 
And I would just <laughs> learn on by the way they do it. Right. Like these math questions. I'm like, man, I can't do this. Uh, and then, and then the yeah. tutor would just kind of be like, okay, this is how you do it. And I go back for like every question or like every challenging question. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I would try to repeat it for the next question, but the next question would have like a hiccup. And I'm like, wait, what's the hiccup? And then, you know, I would kind of learn like that. So people kind of show me the way, uh, even in high school, I would just do the same thing. I was just a kid that would just kind of learn the day before, or just go to class at least. Right. I would go to class, <laughs> make sure I retain the most. And then yeah. uh, my tutor to complete these questions. And then now I've got those two knowledges or those yeah. two, um, uh, ways of learning and then i would complete tasks like that in university it was more like same thing now i didn't have a tutor but i would have good friends around me so every time yeah. i got a class i would network with friends and uh, they would know uh, what they were doing or i would talk to the prof about like, okay what kind of questions are going to show up and then i would kind of gear towards my focus towards that from the powerpoints no. or class i wouldn't even read the textbook man after i think my <laughs> second year i stopped buying textbooks Okay, okay. Even my real estate stuff, man. My real estate courses, every textbook I have is still in their saran wrap. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, my brokerage taught me a lot too, right? So because of them, I wouldn't have been able to pass the courses. Bro, so, and like the thing uh, the thing with real estate licenses, um, with Aria, it's it's I guess is why they changed it because it was so corrupt. You could literally go yeah. pay someone and get like all the exam questions and questions answers. And, stuff. and like you don't even need to touch the textbook. Just memorize those. That way. Uh our class, they, they were pretty legit though. Like they would still get you to come every week and then uh, yeah. they would start teaching you, like, okay, they would be like, This is what's gonna show up. You don't need to learn the whole <laughs> book, but here's a condensed version of the like here's a summary. So I would just go through the summary and learn all that stuff. And then, yeah, the questions would be similar. But as long, if you don't know what you're doing, um, like there's no point in taking the questions and just kind of doing it, right? Like, so at least yeah. get some sort of knowledge. That's why you have a lot of idiots running around now, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 talk to us about that. Talk to us system. about that, man. Talk to us about the average realtor. Because like the statistic is like what, like, uh, like 90 something percent of realtors drop out within their first year or some shit like that. Like talk to us about how, cause I agree with you. I feel like, especially doing business with realtors, whether that's on the real estate side or not, realtors, the most average realtor are like some of the most dumbest people you'll ever meet. Yeah. And they don't understand like the most basic business concepts. Yeah. Talk to us about how frustrating yeah. that is for you. Uh, okay. So like one thing I was, I was top on my brokerage as well is don't be that idiot. Right. Um, <laughs> so once I first joined is, this is like, I mean, for me, it was just like, Holy shoot. Uh, I can't believe I mean, I'm even an agent. I wish I could do a million dollar deal one day. Like I remember seeing one of mm -hmm. our agents at the office sell like a $1.2 million home at the time. At that time, that was a pretty big deal too. Uh, obviously through inflation now prices are different, but I'm like, man, one day, you know, I'll, I'll sell one of these, or even if I can just do one of these, I'll be good or set. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, over time you just kind of just learning, right? Like I've always been an open book. I'm just a sponge. I try to learn from everybody around me. I try to see different agents to see what kind of methods they were doing. I would see what the idiots were doing. I would see what the, <laughs> you know, good agents were doing. And I would kind of see what not to do, what to do. And then I would just learn most agents were just kind of, you know, they, they were just kind of taking shortcuts or a lot of people were just in it for the quick money. And that's, you know, the wrong reason for why people get into real estate too. Those people don't usually, usually last in any business, right? Mm -hmm. so I took the long-term approach. I knew it was going to be a, it's still a long-term approach, right? Like I'm, I'm going to be doing this for the next, hopefully 50, 60 years. Sorry, that's actually crazy you said that because there's three things I want to highlight just in the past two questions you demonstrated. So yeah. I had this rough patch around the time when crypto entered into bull market and like money was not as good. YouTube's going downwards. So I started studying successful people. 
And it's three really interesting things I, I heard in like your just your come up. That's like I'm like wow, this is this is kind of crazy. One was uh, and you learned this in math from a young age, but the fact that if you didn't know how to answer a question, instead of you just being helpless, um, you just go ask the teacher for help. And to a certain degree, it could have even been times where maybe you you could you could have applied yourself, but you rather the shortcut is go to the teacher. And it's interesting because when I was studying Julius Caesar, he was the kind of guy who would ask for all the resources needed and some to the point where it was frustrating for other commanders to be working alongside with him because he was constantly asking for support. A lot of people look at that negatively. Usually, as I say, like in, in typical businesses, if a supervisor comes in, there's that one supervisor who's like chill with everybody, like literally pays out of their own pocket. Uh, and eventually that guy ends up getting fired. Yeah. Then you have that really annoying supervisor who's micromanaging you, who's always getting help from head office. It's like it's like doing the least amount of work, but that person for some reason ends up staying around, right? And it's interesting how like you've adopted this psychology, I guess, uh, subconsciously, where you knew instead of wasting my mental bandwidth, I could go get support from someone else, which is super interesting. Another principle I saw in you, as well as learning through osmosis, which again it kind of goes hand in hand with that, is not only were you making your teachers do the work for you. Uh, you, you're, you're being conscious with it. You're actually learning, understanding at the same time, right? Yeah. Uh, which again is another important skill, right? When people go out to a farm and you see the cows and, and when they're with a calf, they don't tell the calf, yeah, we can eat this grass, we don't eat this grass. The cows learn through osmosis, right? Humans also learn through osmosis. That's why mentorship is so important. When you're with a mentor, you might not necessarily be doing the business with them. You probably know this better than anyone because you're, when you're working with your mentor or someone ahead of you in your business, um, a lot of times he probably didn't say, hey, Sai, you got to do this. You got to do that. It's like, no, like you might be fetching his coffee and you consciously have to understand what he's doing and kind of learn through osmosis. Yeah, and one uh, thing I also took, like, which is huge, you know, like I would study guys like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, like people would say Microsoft and Apple are two different competitions, but they don't realize in the background, they're they're calling each other, yeah. they're asking, okay, what's going on? What did you see here? What did you do there? Oh, for sure. Other realtors do that with me. I do that with other realtors, right? So we all kind of help each other grow and uh, learn, learn in different ways. Uh, I don't read yes. books, but you know, I learn from podcasts. I learn from YouTube. Yeah. YouTube is the biggest. I still learn a, oh, for sure. a shit ton from from YouTube, right? Like that's how I came across you guys on YouTube as well. Like, cause I'm always learning yeah. about shit coins or bull coins, like uh, really good blue chip coins. Uh, what stake? Yeah. Like I'm new to crypto. Like I, I always knew about it. It was always there, but everything I've learned was just through like all, every, my collecting career, NFTs, uh, real estate, yeah. anything I want to learn. It's YouTube. It's just right there. Right? Yeah. But, it's crazy. And that's the third thing I was going to say, like you, you're very quick to learn, but not only learn, but understand between, Hey, this person's kind of smart. Let me do what he's doing. But also the flip side, and this is what people forget is this person is a complete idiot, but I'm also going to learn from him because I'm just not going to do what he's doing. And that's like, like, these are literally three principles to success. And it's interesting that you just learn this through, again, through YouTube and, and podcasts and stuff where like people go out and study and read this literature to get to this, which is extremely cool, bro. Yeah, man. No, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's how we learn, right? Like we're, we're, we're yeah. all like kids at heart at the end of the day, babies are always learning and adapting yeah. through different ways, right? You kind of see and do what others do. Um, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? Like everybody says. Oh, for sure. So next question on this uh, side was, what's a typical day look like for you right now? Okay, typical day is just, um, I, I kind of go with the flow as well, but uh, for the most part, it's still still having a structured routine. Uh, one thing I'm starting to do now, like it's always ever changing my routine, I guess, uh, depending on how I want to prospect or how I want to you know, work with the teammates or how I want to uh, answer phone calls or what kind of listing I'm working on or buyers I'm working with. 
So uh, just waking up and just getting straight into it, right? Like obviously my my morning routine of just uh, freshening up and then um, just having a cup of coffee and uh, kind of start start the day off like that, I guess. But usually answering emails right off the bat, uh, answering texts, calls, uh, calls will start coming in soon. Uh, if calls are not coming in, then uh, what do I need to start doing to start planning? I'm always just constantly thinking. And then by the end of the day, it'd be like midnight. I'm like, oh, shoot, I didn't realize the day went. Just because I, also, I do. Uh, and I'm always just trying to learn how to evolve, trying to adapt, see what's new, what the competition is doing, what, you know, everybody else is doing, but I need to do differently. So I'm just always looking for new creative ways while still servicing my current clients. And there's always just something to do, I guess. And so I, I just try to keep myself busy. And uh, uh, if I'm not busy, then find a way to get busy, right? Um, yeah. Sorry for you, what really started the momentum in your business? Um, obviously, you know, we talked oh. about your first sale not falling through, then the commercial, then the land. But where was like the actual momentum? Because uh, we we didn't, do we cover all the awards Sai has? I don't think uh, we covered so. not all of them. There's, there's a lot there. We don't want to be afraid that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we yeah, covered the majority I, ones. So, because yeah. just for someone listening, he has like the Hall of Fame Remax Awards, uh, yeah. Chairman Award, Platinum Award, 100% Award, and Platinum Award. Again, it's 2018 to, to recent, and you could Google what these each mean. They like pretty much shows him he's a high earner in his space. But what really built the momentum to like take the business off um, and then for you to really become like a full-time agent and a, and a standout agent? Well, for me, just the momentum was competing against myself, right? So anytime I completed a large deal, it's like, okay, what's next? Uh, okay, how do I keep proving? Like, I'm like, man, this concept works. Whereas everybody else was kind of struggling or kind of having a hard time selling. And I'm like, man, hard work just works, right? Like you just yeah. got to get creative, working smart, obviously, working hard, um, getting out there. Social media, like I guess I was, there weren't a lot of people doing social media at the time too. So I was in social media before the... Uh, like when you can do the ads without the restrictions, right? Now yeah. you have to select the housing restrictions or social restrictions and stuff. So that yeah. gave me a very good pull. And so I was early on with that. And then now obviously everybody's doing it. So I'm always just constantly just seeing, okay, what's next? How do I keep evolving? Right now I'm like, social media may not be the thing anymore either because I'm just seeing everybody's impressions are starting to drop. People are kind mm -hmm. of taking that deep social detox now as well. And getting out there so we're looking at okay how do we now build relationships in person right like uh, meeting more people and kind yes. of setting meetings right like now i'm changing out my routine to kind of fit in like you know podcasts or meetings and stuff like that right like meeting with new people uh yes. so just always it's ever changing so you just kind of always think okay what's the future uh, i used to play a lot of chess as well so in chess one thing i learned is you gotta you know look into uh, future moves and that's something yes. i do mm. Uh, my day to day as well. Those are actually one of my first few awards. Uh, I used to win a lot of these chess competitions. Interesting, man. Yeah, and I, I like the framework behind this, bro. The way your mind works is interesting. Can you talk about that real quick? Entrepreneurial set. My first job was I had a business called Saloranto. Uh, sold like wooden necklaces where I would, uh, you know, customize these wooden necklaces. I got into a credit card business afterwards as well. Uh, that's where I really learned a lot. So that's my first few mentors, my shout outs to like, if these guys are ever listening, but Phil, John, and a guy named Alex, uh, and a few other people too, that mentored me. Uh, I remember like going on, I think it was indeed or monster.ca or something, just looking for jobs. I remember going to SDC, like throwing in resumes. I'm like, man, I gotta get a job. Uh, and, uh, finally, obviously who calls, right? Like these call centers yeah. or direct marketing companies. I go in and I thought it was a real job. Everybody's in suits. 
I'm like, man, this I'm in an <laughs> office. Uh, you know, this is going to be cool. I get a call for the second interview. I'm like, man, this is exciting. And then it turns out during the second interview, I'm on the field and they're at a shell location selling credit cards. I'm like, what the hell is this? Mm. And they're showing their suits. I'm like, okay, you know what? I've got nothing else to do. Uh, let me just, uh, yeah, I'll give it a go. You know, this, this whole summer is going to go to waste anyways, if I don't do anything. So let me just try something out. And man, it was the best decision ever because I learned a lot. Uh, my first day, I couldn't talk to people. Like I was just like, uh, do you want this credit card? Uh, like, you know, like I'm, I'm just butchering everything. And I would see the guy do, he's like, no, this is how you're supposed to do sales or sell, right? Like just, you know, know your pitch, know stuff. And then I would start adding to my pitch over time. And uh, I think first day I sold like eight uh, and then 12. And then I'm like, oh, okay, and now I got the hang of it. I was talking like 50, 100 people a day. It was becoming Damn. fun. It was becoming fun. And then I started doing like 60 consecutively. The most I did in a day was 60. So 60 is what I oh, did in 60. a day. Okay. 60. Okay. And which it's tough, man. Like that's, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. to get 60 was like, uh, I was there early because you, you can leave whenever you want to. I was at a good hot location by Dufferin and Lawrence, I believe. And, uh, I started at around like nine or nine 30 and I'm like, man, I'm on fire today. So let's keep this momentum going. I went home at like 9 right. PM. Uh, and it's just like a gas station. You said you were selling yeah, it was gas just a station? gas station selling crack. I would just start going up to people and, uh, you know, how's your day going today? And they're like, that's oh, shit. Yeah, me too. I'm out here all day. Or it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm out here all day. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. cool. And then I would just kind of uh, learn how to read people as well and kind of see what they want. Nobody wanted credit cards, man. They just wanted yeah, to support sure. me or they're like, man, okay, you seem like you know what you're doing or selling something good. Yeah. Uh, and that just worked out. But on average, yeah, people would only sell like three, four. I'm like, how are these people surviving? Because you get $9 per credit card sale. Uh, okay. And if you sell a world world card or those annual fee cards, you get uh, $14, $14 or something per card. We were getting yeah. hostile by the banks. Dude, but, uh, that sounds pretty sweet because it just put mats, right? Like 60 times nine, six, five, four dollars It was better than minimum wage. Day. That's for sure. I'll tell yeah. you that. Oh, that's yeah, that's how I did sure. the math. But I'm like, man, <laughs> now when I look bucks, at bro. it, now when I look at it, the bank made a killing because of us, right? Like oh, thousands sure. of credit cards we sold and all yeah. the accounts helped them open up. Interesting. Like, man, we got, we got destroyed. And then the marketing company, <laughs> I don't know what their splits were. They probably took a good split too. Yeah. But, man, but either way, I learned a lot of great skills, right? Like that was the, mm. the benefit for me, which uh, helped me out a lot in life. At this point. Uh, what are you using for lead gen? Is it just referral based at this point, social media? Mainly, yeah. Uh, we've been doing it for like, it's going to be 10 years next. Well, just a hit nine years, I guess, in real estate. Um, so yeah, like for the most part, it's just like drip campaigns. Uh, I've got email campaigns that I'll do here and there. Nice. Uh, social media for sure. People just recognizing us in the community. Uh, yeah. People just kind of knowing us, just kind of doing everything, right? There's no one set lead gen method. There's no yeah. thing, guys, yeah. I feel like. People are like, oh, how does that, does that billboard work? Or does this ad work? Yeah. People will spend all their money on that one thing and be like, man, it's not working. What, what do you do, Sai? Like, man, <laughs> you gotta be consistent. Uh, you gotta yeah. be on top of every single damn day mm, uh, okay. and just keep working at it, right? And you just gotta, everything's gonna fail, everything's gonna work. Uh, you just never know where the client's gonna come from. Another thing I get, so like in our, I guess, community, whether that's like the real estate community or even just like town people in general, I'm not going to lie. A lot of people know Sai, okay? A lot of people know Sai. A lot of people look up to him as well. And like, I remember even just 
when I first started out, like getting my license, obviously I don't do real estate anymore. Don't plan on doing it anymore. Um, but when I was first getting into it, like I was trying to see, okay, like who are the top agents in Toronto, Ontario, whatever. Right. And like, Sai was one person who like, I constantly saw and on social media, he looked pretty good. They were pretty clean. And like a lot of people can fake it, but one thing people can't really fake is what other people say about you. Right. And I've had yeah. so many people like, again, like Sai, you probably know some people, some people probably don't even know, but like some people be like, yo, like check out this guy. Like he's killing it. He's young, yada, yada, yada. And as someone who I guess in a lot of, I guess for a lot of people, you are like a role model, right? My question to you is, and this is a very interesting uh, question, is what's your opinion on EXP Realty and their whole model of bringing agents in under your umbrella? And I, I like how you laughed there. I, I knew you were going to have a reaction. What do you think about it? Uh, okay, well, I mean, I'm not going to talk about it. I feel like everybody that's trying to do something is good. Uh, the only thing I heard... <laughs> He's right, media like, trained, eh? <laughs> uh, I mean, remember, I started off at a brokerage called Public Choice, right? It was a small boutique company. Okay. Uh, we grew to like 130 agents. And then my broker of record started his own Remax. So I'm like, hey, let me just go to Remax instead. And that's like, I've been four years in Remax now. And I think another four, uh, about five years at Public Choice. So I was at a no name. I'm like, I was always focused to... I was taught to build your own brand uh, and kind of just okay. go with that. Uh, and yeah, Remax it helps for sure. EXP, I, for whatever reason, they just don't have their greatest name from what I hear. Uh, so I don't really know much about it, but I just know their way of making money is the more you crew, you also earn a split off of them too, mm -hmm. which is kind of like a team concept too. Right? I mean, like good for them mm -hmm. for kind of creating a concept like that, but you don't want to just recruit anybody and everybody just to, for the sake of making commission. You actually need to learn to, really train people and mentor people right uh, you can't just hire everybody and be like okay i have 100 people under me now and that's it right like that's not how we yeah. work you don't want 100 idiots running around either like when our team mentality is not to just recruit everybody either and our brokerage does the same thing they're not trying to just recruit every idiot um so like for us they're always letting people go like you know if you don't hit a certain quota or something like that you know what you're just not fit for real estate you know maybe good luck uh, at another <laughs> brokerage Right. So I like that approach too. And for us, same thing, mm -hmm. right? Like if you can't deliver, you don't want to just like waste everybody's time. Uh, you know, it's a two way street, you know, I'm going to provide value and like vice versa. It's, it's both ways. Right. Uh, mm. so you need to be coachable as well. Uh, I think, um, but I think everybody's coachable too. Like, I mean, I didn't think I would be fit for sales to be honest. I'm an introvert kid too, but I don't seem like it. Right. Mm. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting. Even people looking up to me and stuff. I don't know why. I always tell people, why Why? Why do you look up to me? They're like, so I'm so I, humble, I man. Like, you know why, man. Come on, let's be real. You I know, know but you guys see those, <laughs> the six, I, like I look up, I guess, because I look up to like guys in New York or guys in the States yeah. and then the guys really killing it, right? Like, like I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm looking at people and I'm like, don't look up to me. Look at these guys. Yeah. yeah. But I, well, like, I'm still on a journey too. Like my, my 20s, like I'm still in my 20s too, but I'm like, I'm using this time to learn. Like, but if people want to look up to me as well, then cool. That's awesome. But I'm still learning. And then hopefully my thirties, then, you know, I'm then, you know, like really crushing and using everything I learned. Right. So right now I'm just on beta testing too. I don't think no, I'm it's, it's interesting that you said that. Like, I think it's like a very humble approach in the sense that like, you usually are told like, yeah, like shoot for the, the stars, right? Like try and do as much as you can. But at the yeah. same time, I feel like when someone's just starting out, your main focus, like you might not have the mindset to say, okay, I'm just going to start this career. How can I make a million dollars a year? You might first want to say, okay, how can I make like 50K a year? Then like six figures. And like, I guess everyone does have that path that they have to take. Gradual and, growth. And exactly, gradual growth. And like, I guess Umar and I can also say like growth very fast, like, like massive growth in a quick period of time 
is yeah. nice, but it's not really healthy. And there are pros and yeah. cons to both, right? Yeah. So maybe some people want to take that slow and steady approach, so which I've is why they might look that. up to people. Uh, yeah, I've been taught organic growth. Uh, focus mm-hmm. on organic and slow and steady growth. Yeah, if you grow too quickly as well, like I've always wanted to be like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. But yeah, my good friends, mentor and stuff will be like, no, no, no slow down there. You know, like slow mm-hmm. and steady, organic growth. Don't worry, man. It's going to come. Right? Everybody just yeah. wants quick uh, growth or quick success, but yeah, you know, when you just like, so- sometimes you have to be humble down every time or like you just mm-hmm. need to be reminded that. But uh, <laughs> when that happens for me, I just think organic growth, right? Take oh, it. yeah. Speaking of coaching, I'm curious, would you ever go down as, you know, maybe like a Tim Ferry or like a Rob Vivian? Do you maybe want to get into coaching or how does that work? Would you want to start a course? What do you think? I have no idea, to be honest. Uh, all those ideas always came to mind. And sometimes I always say, you know, I don't want to be this or that. But I mean, things always change, right? So who knows? Maybe I could be a coach one day. Maybe I'll be a speaker. I don't know. Like, you know, people are like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Uh, I'm just taking it day by day. Like I said, I'm still in my learning phase. Um, like, I still have a long way to go, too. People don't realize that. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't know. But with EXP, just yet again, the only piece of advice I have is like on our team, I could have a hundred agents under our team too. And we get earn, you know, a certain split, but mm-hmm. for us, it's quality over quantity. And that's the way we kind of focus. And it doesn't matter which brokerage you join either. I feel like just obviously interview a good five to six before you join a brokerage. Yeah. Or if you're currently at a brokerage and not happy, just interview <clears> five to six. But it comes down to you at the end of the day too, right? Uh, your brokerage will have a good back support, which, you know, thankfully my brokerage does everything for us. Like a lot of great things that I need um but that, that that's my recommendation so exp as long as you've got a good mentor or people good people around you then yeah you know it, it's it's not, it should be a good brokerage i know they're young and they've got a lot of energy so yeah that will sometimes too much energy i'm not gonna lie yeah yeah i mean that's good right you need that yeah sorry so random question right but if you're yeah. dropping to a random location and you have yeah. to start over completely from zero with okay. no degree no real estate success i mean nobody you only knows keep your experiences you. Uh, but yeah. nobody knows you, uh, what would you do? I always think about this all the time too, right? Uh, because <laughs> I still feel that way. So uh, it's always just get, get back into sales somehow, find some sort of job. Um, like, I mean, my first job was like, I would, if I have none of this, I would probably be looking into e-commerce or finding another mm-hmm. business I could scale in. So that's something I would be doing. Like I'd be looking to, like, I've got so many ideas that I haven't even put out the light <laughs> because I've also been taught to stay focused on one thing, right? The kind of focus on your niche. So Mm. if I, yet again, you know, it goes back to that theory of, you know, growing too quickly. And I want to do this, Mm -hmm. do that. But when you just stay focused on that one thing, you'll kill it. So I've got so many different ideas I want to do. Like I have a notepad of all these ideas too, but you know, you don't want to go ahead and do everything, right? Until you kind of perfect one, two, three, and then you can just kind of, you know, go back to those ideas. So I do always think of new ways to make, income uh but for someone that's starting you know think of a new idea you can maybe sell uh maybe get into a door knocking job or some sort of direct sales i've never worked for a salary i've only worked on commission so Mm. i feel like commission is kind of it builds you into a strong character right like look at me i used to be a very quiet kid in high school so uh, sales taught me a lot right 100 percent. so i actually have a very similar story to you in a sense where i was that shy kid as well um and what really got me to break out as well was when I was like grade eight, grade, no, grade eight, grade nine, um, I wanted to buy like a watch. I, I so Everybody had a gold watch. Everyone was rocking like a chorus. And yeah. I didn't want to put that burden on my parents. They, we weren't poor. We were like, I would say we were decent middle class, but it was one of those things where four siblings, birthdays, presents, you know, I didn't want to burden them. So, the, and I, I was too young to get a real job. 
So I started door knocking and it was winter at the time and I was shoveling snow. And I feel like that was a point where I broke out uh, because after, again, like when you're selling something and you're going to a strange house, knocking the door, it's so embarrassing. You don't want to be there. But when you, you know, the desired outcome is, oh, if I knock, it, they might say no, but if they say yes, yeah. I'll get 20 bucks. And I got to collect 10 people say yes, $200, boom, I'll get my watch. And it was, yeah. that, it was that same psychology to be like making friends and there's be more socials. Everybody want like even an introvert. I actually, I'm very introverted in a sense where like, I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm married and there's times where I just wanna sit down alone and, and read a book or create some content. Like yeah. that's just my personality, right? But there's also times where I'll go out with friends and go party, whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's just, what do you want from the desire, right? For me, kinship and brothership. Once you, re yeah. once you understand the desired results you want, you can literally do anything. And I don't think it really matters if you're introverted or extroverted, right? I think the main thing you should focus on is, are you shy? Because you could be extroverted and shy, and that's a problem. Or you could be introverted and shy, that's a problem. But as long as you get over being shy, I don't think it really matters if whether you're introverted or extroverted. That's just your personality trait. Uh, yeah. It really matters how you continue doing your life. Like, someone say, oh, you're introverted, so you can't be on camera. No, not true. I'm very introverted. I spend, like, most of my waking hours on yeah. camera. So I, yeah, I, love I was introverted and shy, right? Like, I didn't want to be on camera or nothing. <laughs> uh, like, on me, social bro, media, I, was, I wasn't on social media until my broker was like, <laughs> open up a page and start putting up some photos, right? So yeah, I did yeah. not want to be out there at all, but uh, you yeah. know, you just have to overcome everything. Now I love it. Yeah. I love, I love yeah, this. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, that's cool, man. Right. And I guess speaking of social media, we have web two and now we have web three, okay? So <laughs> what a transition, man. I should get paid more for this. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, well, a few things I want to highlight, okay? So two things. One, um, so we all know Six Buzz. I mean, even if you're not Canadian, yeah. you know and have heard of Six Buzz. So Sai, mm -hmm. what he did, um, and I'm, I'm gonna be honest, okay? Cause I, I have, I'm someone who thinks the truth, honesty is the best policy, okay? When I first saw this, I looked at this and I was like, I was like, what is this guy doing? I was like, what is going on? And for those that don't know what I'm talking about, so Sai bought um, one of the six Buzz NFTs for 11.5 E, right? So as of right now, that's about 14 grand US. At all time highest for Ethereum, that was 56K on a six buzz nft and again like i said uh when i first saw this i wasn't really into nfts i didn't really know too much and then fast forward to uh this year uh, myself and umar we actually made our own nft project so it's like yeah. it, was, it was quickly how uh, i guess our opinions changed on nfts and i guess we didn't really understand it at first and then we were like holy shit like you know we got the board apes we got this we got that uh, we started collecting nfts ourselves and we made our own project and seeing this as well because i'm not gonna lie bro you're one of the first people to actually like do nfts on like a social scale at least in the sense that like okay i know who this guy is doing real estate he's now hopping into nfts and he bought a six plus nft what what is going on i was so confused so why don't you break down i guess really high level like what was the play behind that and what benefits did you reap from getting that six plus nft okay i guess it just goes back to so before i even knew what nfts were i was into art like i was during covid everybody was kind of getting their uh office set up and stuff like that i'm like man everybody like and all these art I was getting all these art ads. I don't know if you guys were too, like, you know, Hustle or whatever. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah we have three of them right pieces. there. <laughs> yeah, okay. So what I wanted now was I'm like, I wanted something that moves, right? So yeah. I'm like, okay, something that's like that, but it's like on my wall and it's moving. So I'm like, okay, what, what is this? And then one of my good buddies, uh, creative director, he got me introduced. He, he told me, he kept pushing me to get into crypto, get in, get in, get in. He's like, check this NFT out. I'm like, what the hell is an NFT? <laughs> Beeple artwork. Uh, you guys know Beeple, right? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. like legend. But we, I had an opportunity to buy one of his art pieces for like $999. At the time, he only had a million followers as well. I'm like, I don't know if millions credible. Is he faking it on Instagram? Like, yeah. I don't know this guy, 
right? He had three pieces on Nifty Gateway, uh, $999 each, and I missed out on it. And then I'm like, I like even if I just bought it <laughs> just to display on my table, because it did look pretty cool, because I've never seen anything like it, I would have been very, very happy today. You'd be laughing right now, bro. <laughs> you yeah, wouldn't I'm be on a podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, not like that. But uh, like, you you know, $900 would have been a $100,000 uh, resale uh, value, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe who knows where that's going to go in the future, too, because it's people. But so that's where okay. I got, I got intri- intrigued with uh, NFTs, even Bored Apes. I got introduced it to it early, but I'm like, uh, you know, I already bought a whole bunch of NFTs. I'm like, forget it. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, shoot, right? Missed that boat too. Yeah. <laughs> the six buzz one, uh, it was more like, like, it's also a chess move too. I'm like, you know, uh, if NFTs ever become a thing and I want to get into NFTs, then it's also kind of like a chess move where people are like, what's an NFT? I don't know what an NFT is. Uh, but you know, people now for whatever reason, associate NFTs in my name, right? Like kind of planted a seed. So when you think six, like NFT, you can be like, yeah, that, you know, clown that bought a six buzz NFT, I remember <laughs> that. Right. So I've kind of made a statement there and it actually came with some deals too, believe it or not. Uh, so it kind of paid for itself. Uh, so that was pretty Sweet. cool. No, I definitely believe that. So I was, I was going to ask as well, what's, because I have a, like, I guess I, I had a relationship with like Wave Room and some of these other Toronto pages. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like, they're very interesting. What's your, what's your, like, your relationship with Six Buzz like right now? Do you guys talk? Are you guys no, I've always doing things together? known of the owner, but no, like we don't really talk and stuff like that, but we're, we're connected, you know, if I need to get a hold of them or if I want some mm. promo or something like that. I've had some ideas that I proposed to them as well. They thought it was cool, but uh, I think I would rather just do the ideas like through different ways. Uh, so I never wanted to kind of proceed certain, I guess, topics. Uh, but no, Six Buzz is pretty cool. Like Wave Room is cool. I think the first guy that introduced me to all these guys was Six Wars, if you've ever heard of them. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, He's a good good kid. Uh, got me introduced to Wave Room and Real Toronto News, I believe. And then it just mm. like, you know, they gave me uh, opportunities with some content and uh that did pretty well too, but uh, yeah, it started off with six plus two, I guess, right at one point. Yeah. So, yeah. for those watching, obviously, just double clarify: it's uh, if you're not watching Canada, six plus wave room, all these are just like kind of like meme pages, but geographic for our city of Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. talking about social media and some posts and stuff. What's the most money that you generated from one of your posts? Like, and I'm by that I mean like you post like a tour and something, you got a lead, and you close on them. Do you have a figure? uh so to be honest i don't keep track of where my leads come from we just kind of put it out there but uh i guess through our condo projects we recently sold well this year amongst both it's a project called blue point blue point one and blue point two we sold 34 units so that was a very good sellout uh that was good and i no i i don't know if i had I, i did get some interesting leads Everything I do is online though. Like right, sales, yeah. commercial deals. I will work on some large deals, but every I haven't even met some of the people I've sold. Like that seven million dollar land, nice. I, I've never even seen it except for Google. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just connecting the dots. Awesome. Really, right? That's sick. So, awesome. Awesome. Um, but leads come from everywhere. So there isn't, I guess, one deal where I could say that uh it kind of you know, we don't kind of focus on that one thing. We just kind of focus on be everywhere. Cause you just never know what people are going to come from. You never know if they're going to come from YouTube, uh, Instagram, uh, you know, pin interest, like whatever it is, yeah. right. Or some random yeah. legion that you just set up. Uh, <laughs> but unlike, unlike you guys, right. On YouTube, you know, which video does the best. Yeah. Yes. Like you don't get monetized. Right. So yeah, I, I wouldn't know where the clients are actually coming from. Okay. Got you. Okay. So I guess another question kind of tying in 
NFTs and obviously you do real estate. Um, I, I think it's cool how, like you said, you have these, uh, I guess, relationships now with like these blogs and whatever, because I'm not going to lie. Like, I think realtors don't, they're underestimating the fact of like, Hey, if you post something on these pages, like, yes, 50% of the comments, like bro, I've been posted on there, oh, majority awesome. of the comments, just slewing my name, just oh, pull yeah. on like, fuck this guy, this guy's thinks yeah. he's the fucking Brown Gary V, like fucking da, 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 whatever. Right. It, they go crazy. <laughs> and it's like, I think it's kind of funny. Like we all have a good laugh. Oh, it's at hilarious. It. I love it. it. Yeah. yeah, it's cool, right? Um, yeah. And like, they don't understand, like after something like that happens, bro, like you get recognized when you go outside. Like oh, that's yeah. how you really become like a local celebrity. And I guess some realtors like it, some realtors don't. And I guess with the yeah. whole six plus NFT, um, and I'm sure like you probably had so many real estate people talking to you like, Sai, like, well, what is this? How do you think yeah. in the future, yeah. NFTs and real estate, I guess blockchain technology and real estate will kind of come together. How do you think they'll kind of intertwine? Yeah, we were looking into different ways to kind of, uh, you know, add deeds to the blockchain and stuff like that. Like I do see concepts like that coming out right now. I do. Th one thing I think about NFTs, it is the future, like the te technology of it, at least. So when you go purchase mm -hmm. uh, a ticket to the Raptors game, for example, I think it's going to be uh, an, an, in a form of an NFT. So if you have a season pass, people can see who those owners are. Uh, the world of decentralization, like you're going to cut the middleman out pretty much, right? Yeah. Uh, so you don't need Ticketmaster if you go, well, maybe Ticketmaster would be that main platform, but you wouldn't need these guys in the middle. Like you can just go directly to the owner now because you can see who owns that season pass. Yeah. You can purchase that season pass and now you, know, you just kind of show that NFT and you kind of enter the stadium, right? Uh, another thing is I, I personally think photo photography is going to be a thing of the past as well. Like just like how we look at black and white photos. I think that's uh, the thing of the yeah, past. Man. And now photos are going to be a thing of the past. Now you see TikTok and videos. People barely yeah. post photos anymore. Yeah. Right? So crazy. Like, it's going to be moving artwork on the wall. You'll see that in the future. I don't know when, but uh, that's what I, I think. And, and even on Instagram, like people are just making, like even YouTube, it's all YouTube shorts and stuff. Nobody post photos right like even uh, display pictures you're gonna see that being like moving heads or whatever right mm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so i think that's kind of the future uh i like collectibles as well so like nfts was it's kind of fun hobby to collect these pieces just to have on my wall and stuff if something does well then cool i own a lot of nfts now too so i just kind of look at the next picassos i used to study okay. guys who collected picasso or these large art pieces and they were buying picassos in like the 90s when he was first you know like coming out or was kind of in i guess was popular uh, and then obviously art died and then certain pieces uh thrived same thing now right like uh, i'll look at guys like x copy or pock if you've ever heard of them they're huge mm -hmm. um people right like if you own certain pieces they'll do very well long term i got into video game collecting now too right just now kind of getting into my old childhood because i see people getting to comic books and that's something i may look into i don't know i don't really know anything about comic books but i saw a comic book sell for like five million dollars three million dollars recently yeah spider-man so now i'm seeing yeah, that yeah. that's gonna happen with video games next right people are like oh shoot like yeah i remember that uh pokemon red i played or pokemon yellow i played yeah yeah bro i think it's already yeah. happening too I, I don't know which game but i think it was a pokemon game that was sealed because i think uh i forgot what it was but it did something crazy we also saw like pokemon cards and like people yep. like psa yep. rating things and yep. like all this shit right like it's it's so interesting to see and you're right bro like like I don't post pictures on Instagram anymore because anytime I do, it literally just jack shit. And I'm like, like what the hell? Like, ah, oh, that was a cool picture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Um, yo, I started buying sealed games too. Like, that's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. With high grades, uh, sealed with good gradings, and I'm buying my childhood pretty much. Like, you know, Pokemon games, yeah, yeah. even cards. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh! too, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Got some good, interesting Holy Grails. Like, we're just looking at certain deals that are undervalued, especially now. 
now is a good time to start picking these things up. I'm learning sports cards now too. Didn't really know much yes. about sports card, but there was a card that sold for twelve million dollars U.S. Right, uh, in the states Insane. for a baseball card. So Mickey Mantle it was a 1952 card. Um, that like twelve million dollars, man. That's yeah, that's insane. I like that's car insane. collecting as well, right? Like, there was a car that sold for a hundred million dollars. It was a Mercedes. Um, so like anything I kind of buy, I try to look at value and kind of look at the clock collecting aspect of it. Even my car was numbered as well. So like when I was looking to buy cars, I'm like, okay, how do I drive a nice car but not be stupid with it as well, right? So <laughs> yeah. That's holding its value at least. Uh, yes. So, you know, I'm always looking at that aspect. So people might think you're doing uh, stupid things, but they don't really understand the deeper meaning behind. Yeah, it. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you can call me a clown for all these collectings or whatever I'm doing, but uh, I think, you know, maybe, maybe I'm on to something. Maybe I will end up being a clown. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. can you talk about the car collection real quick? What are you collecting? Yeah, what car? I was curious too. What car do you drive? I don't think I know oh, this. Okay. Well, uh, so uh, don't really like to put this out there, but it, I do have an Audi R8. It's uh, one of nine. Oh shit! So when I was buying a vehicle, like I, I leased a stupid, like I was leased a car, like an idiot. Uh, and my dad was like, "Man, you see, like after four years, you don't make any money." So thankfully, that car also depreciated like crazy, so the buyout value didn't make sense. So whether you're buying a car in the thousand dollar range or $50,000 range, $100,000 range, even a million dollar range. If you buy the right cars, uh, you know, like lo look into car exotic hacks. Like you, you like it's called car hacking. Yeah. The Instagram right? page, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. guy that that's like the basic form, but um, you can just learn how to car hack. So as long as you can find something that's undervalued, you're good. So I ended up looking for cars that I can finance. I'm like, even if I lose like 10,000, it's like whatever, in three years, I'm better off leasing a car. So when yeah. I bought my car... It was, uh, it was the R8. Uh, what I did was I was looking for Porsches, actually, at the time. Uh, hmm. I thought maybe Porsches will hold value. That's what I heard. And then I came across this one opportunity. I'm like, holy shoot, I've never seen a numbered R8 before. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, like, I'll look into this. I negotiated a deal, got that at a good price. The car actually went up in value because of where the car market is. I was looking That's to take true. a hit of, you know, maybe a little bit of like $10,000. So even if you buy like a CRV and you lose $10,000 or drive an exotic and lose yeah. $10,000, it's like, you know, like it's crazy. Right. Um, yeah. So like, obviously it's, it's risky too. Like, you know, I wasn't trying yes. to make money or anything on it, but I just thought that was cool. And you use it for business too. Right. Um, yeah. And it's a write off. Right. Yeah, oh, for sure. So yeah. People don't, don't, don't see or understand those things. Like even like when I look at Bugatti owners, I don't think, Oh shit, this guy's an idiot. And he's just spending money. Bugatti owners actually like if they were to go and sell their cars now, they're probably making a million dollar profit. Yeah. Right? So like guys like Manny Koshman, if you know him on Yeah, yeah. Right? He's huge on He's got the one of one Hermes. Like he's made he can drive that for like twenty thousand kilometers and still make like five hundred thousand minimum or maybe even a million dollars, right? And he hey, yeah. and he's using hey. that Bugatti, you know, to boost up his brand. He's writing it off, he's building some equity on it, right? So but look at like Andrew Tate too, bro. Like this guy yeah, literally like exactly. single-handedly came out of nowhere. Yeah. Popularity from Bugatti. Bugatti. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like th th that's where I feel like that comes to play. And when you're young, you want to do that. I don't think I'll do that when I'm like older, but you know, I'm like yeah. in my 20s, if I can do something like this, why not? Right. Like now's my time. Okay, sure. cool. And like speaking like about with the Tesla, right? Like you guys uh remember seeing that story as well. So what what made yeah. you want that Tesla? 
Well, maybe you want the Tesla, bro. Literally, yeah. like ever since high school, I wanted a Tesla, and I don't know. I just really fell in love with like Elon Musk's like vision of Tesla. Um, just how fast they are. I never driven driven one before. I was in high school, and one day I just test drove my boy's Tesla, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is insane!" Uh, yeah. And then 2021 came, made a little bit of money, and I was like, "Okay." Uh, I actually it's because of this guy, bro. So Umar he bought a Corvette. And like he came okay, to my crib nice. and I'm I'm like, I'm like, nah, 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 that's crazy. There's no <laughs> way. And and I never had a car before, right? Like I drive like my mom's SUV, like a like literally a mom van. Uh yeah. and then I was like, okay, Umar has a car. We're both doing similar in numbers, whatever. I was like, okay, I think I can treat myself to like my first car. So and I ended up buying the car and I, I didn't buy it in cash. I didn't lease it. I financed it because why would I lock up 60 to 70K and in Tesla's cash? And Tesla's their value too, right? Uh, exactly. You can drive that thing and you're better off financing that than, than leasing it as well. Right, exactly. My and the other thing is like my exact car, it went like to buy that car. Now you have to pay $10,000 more retail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like instantly boom. Uh, and I financed it, got super uh, low interest rate. Cause this isn't what 2021, uh, mm -hmm. no 20. Yep. Yeah. 2021. And yep. so, yeah, like it is basically why I bought it. And, um, I also just, you know, young, you know, I have a good car. Yeah, whatever, yeah. And like... people are going to ask you about it too, right? Like it's good. Yeah. It'll help out with your career too. And, uh, I know a few people with Tesla's too. It does very well for them when they see clients, people, people love it. Right. Cause they yeah. hear about Tesla's in the media all the time. So. Uh, yeah, it's just like one of those like unique experiences, I guess. And yeah. another thing I guess we want to talk about, because speaking of like being young, partying, having fun. So a lot of people don't know us, but when I first seen uh, Sai in real life, uh, it, I was really just chilling. And it was, we were on, if you're in Toronto, you know, King Street, right? You go to King Street, you party, you have fun, right? So I was in King Street and me and Sai were just like randomly like, yo, like what's up, bro? Yeah. It was so random, it was so funny. It was like something that like you like can't even like explain. But um, talk yeah. to us about like, you know, because partying and having fun, it's like, some people kind of don't like it. They're like, oh, you should be doing that. You're an entrepreneur, blah, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. We saw that culture with like Gary Vee as well. But there's also some people who believe, yo, you know, everything in moderation. And there's some people who just take it to the next level and every weekend they're just out there getting sloshed. What do you think? Like, what do you think is like, the fine line? What's your opinion on that? Whatever, whatever works for you, right? Like, I mean, uh, I use, uh, maybe if I do go out to drink, it'll be like, uh, like, you know, sometimes you ease off stress, right? You all have long days. It's just a good uh, way to unwind. But uh, you, you also meet a lot of people going out right so one thing i like about going out don't don't never let that life control you uh that's the other thing too you'll hear guys like patrick but david say you know don't always party 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 mm. uh you leave that for when you travel out or whatever it is uh, right now i'm young as well so i'm like let's experience certain things but for me it's more about going out there to meet a lot of people i met a lot of good people like uh i've even met some like athletes and stuff um just going out and uh you meet cool people right like restaurant owners a lot of people are sometimes older even and then sometimes it's also humbling because it's like you know i don't want to be like that guy either right <laughs> like, you know, 40 or late, late 30s whatever it is still partying i'm like man like that's also a wake-up call too. <laughs> yeah bro, i wouldn't be I'm married not, by then bro I'm trying to bash anybody but uh <laughs> right but you see the people that go there often but once in a while that's okay right but um mm. Yeah, you don't want to let that life uh, control you either. That that I think sure. you gotta definitely focus and yeah. yeah. But use it as a tool, right? I use everything as a tool. My like school was yeah, a tool. Yeah. Partying definitely a tool. Uh, networking is always good. Mm. Sweet. Uh, now, uh, so what's Sai? What's the major goals for twenty twenty three, man? Uh, where I'm next year. Just, just trying to be myself, right? Like, there's no new me, new year, uh, <laughs> just, uh, just, just you know, okay, I did this last year. Uh, this year was a very difficult year. Uh, and you know, thankfully, we were very consistent, uh, compared to a lot of other people. So, like, that was humbling to see. I know 2023, they're saying is going to be even worse. So, we're just preparing for that and we're seeing, okay, how do we, uh, 
continue to maintain and or at least do better than what we did last year. We always try to just mm -hmm. do uh, where we try to one up ourselves for each year. And thankfully, we were mm -hmm. kind of capable of doing that this year. And same thing next year, uh, just expanding, right? Looking to grow, looking at new different ways to uh, expand, uh, trying new different things, experiences, everything, right? So just just always evolving and growing is, is kind of the, yeah. the goal for, for every year. Right? That should be an everyday mm -hmm. thing, I think. But uh, I, I don't really look at new year, new this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, for I, sure, I think the funny I, thing I've seen is uh, there was this page was like, I'm gonna text all my exes and say New Year, New Us. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh. All right, so this is uh the one word answer round. So you have to answer or whatever comes to mind first. So one word, whatever comes to mind, you gotta let us know. Okay. All right. Okay. Um. So, uh, Umar, we'll do this in turn. So I'll go first. So property. Yeah. You said property. Yeah. Commercial. Ooh. Entrepreneur. You guys. <laughs> uh, blockchain. Bitcoin. Ooh. Talmo. Us. Or myself. Okay. Boom, <laughs> are your talent for the day? <laughs> uh, real estate. Remax. Ooh. Okay. The feeling of closing a deal. Amazing. Mm. Competition. Myself. Oh, okay, that was a good one. Okay, that's it for now, man. Uh, before we wrap things up, is there anything that you by any chance want to ask myself or Umar? Anything, any closing thoughts? Keep on going, guys. You know, like you guys are young too. I started off at your age too, right? Like uh, young 20s. You guys are in your young 20s, right? Yeah, I'm 22. Yeah. Early 20s, yeah. Let's see, yeah, like that's 22. when I started too. So you guys are on the right path. Uh, what you're doing is like, just you got to keep going, right? long journey ahead for all of us uh we've oh, got yeah. like what 50 years 60 years ahead of us man yeah. so it's a good journey uh keep keep on rising um other than that social media if anybody wants to find me instagram at sai tiru mm -hmm. uh facebook linkedin sai tiru logan yeah we'll That's put all it. his links down below in the show notes and everything as well any other shout outs you want to say no man everybody just keep doing your thing umar radis appreciate it right uh Much guess, love, a good thing and just just keep going Keep going. That's it. Thanks for watching, guys. Make sure you check out all of the helpful links that we'll put in the description below. And make sure you check out Stock Pick. Peace.